Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Psalm 34 and verse 4. I sought the Lord. This is Dave. David wrote the psalm, and David said, I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Could you say it out loud with me tonight? I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. One more time. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Five times in the Psalms, David wrote these words, He delivered me. The first time David wrote it, he said, He delivered me from people who were out to get me. The second time, he said, He delivered me from all my troubles. Twice, David said, He delivered me from death when he thought his life was about to end. And this one time, our great King David, this boy that David, that God took from the back blocks of the paddock, the youngest of eight children born to Jesse. This kid who had a different mother to every single one of his brothers. This kid that was rejected and isolated and ostracized and put on the side. Yet this kid who became the most successful king in the nation of Israel called the friend of God. And David wrote and he said in, his, in this text today, he said, he delivered me from all my fears, my fears. He said there was something that I needed to be delivered from, something that was not external to me, something that wasn't even a real thing. Yet what I needed to be delivered on had the potential to completely destroy my life. He said, I sought the Lord, He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears, my, my fears, my fears. David said, I was struggling. I had, I had pictures in my mind. I had, I had doubts in my heart. I had questions that filled me with dread. I had thoughts that were destroying my peace. Isn't it true of life that our fears are the opposite of peace? I mean, when you have fear in your heart, there is no peace. There is no rest. There is no confidence. There is no joy. There is no expectation, not positive expectation anyway. And David wrote and he said, man, I was feeling terrible. I was playing a movie in my mind that was the worst film I've ever seen. I was looking at my life, my future, my destiny, what was gonna happen in the days ahead. And it all looked so bleak and so dire. He said, I was looking at it and I felt overwhelmed. And then I began to realize that there was something coming over me. There was something around me that it wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't God's desire for my life. It wasn't God's will for me. He said, I decided to do something. I reached out to my God. I hope you understand tonight that every time you reach out to God, it has the power to change you. Come on, anybody here recognize that when you reach out, when you seek your God, that something life-changing can happen in a moment like that? I'm a God seeker. Am I talking to any God seekers out there this evening? He said, in, in the middle of all that was going wrong, I sought my God. I sought the Lord. 
of tremendous encouragement to us this evening. And He answered me. Anybody grateful that when you cry out to heaven, heaven is not silent? That when you reach out to your Jesus, He does not turn a deaf ear. That when we reach out to our God, He is always watchful, desiring to intercede and to move on our behalf. David said, I sought the Lord. He answered me and He delivered me. Delivered me from all these crazy thoughts. Delivered me from these negative pictures. Delivered me from this, this, this thing that I thought that everything was gonna come crushing down. I sought the Lord. He answered me. And He delivered me from all my fears. Isn't it true in life that we all have fears? Anybody here got a fear? I mean, I've got fears. I hate heights, hate them. I mean, I have to keep it under control. I mean, I love my children so much. We're on the top of the Empire State Building. They're walking right up to the edge and having a look over. I am literally grabbing them by their T-shirt and allowing them to look while I'm holding their T-shirt. And I stand back here thinking to myself that I have the gravitational pull to at least pull them back if they somehow fall over a fence that is literally chest high. But it's irrational. It's not, it's not logical. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but it's just a fear. Anybody got a fear out there? My wife Jillian hates spiders. It is irrational. It is out of control. Every spider that ever comes into our house is a whitetail. <laughs> if you're from overseas, we only have one slightly poisonous spider in the entire country of New Zealand. It wasn't there when I was a child, but it came on, came on boats to this country. And now if you get bitten by a whitetail, it's terrible. You actually get a little red bite. That's right. You get a little red mark on your leg. But every single spider that is ever anywhere near Jillian is a whitetail. They're all whitetails. We've seen whitetails this big and this big, but they're all whitetails. Every single one is a whitetail. There's always screams, there's always demands that I drop everything to come from wherever I am and any nation of the world to get rid of the whitetail. It's irrational, it's crazy, it doesn't make sense. Feels good to be able to say this without getting in trouble. It's a fear. Anybody out there got a fear? People are afraid of public speaking. My, do my dog has fears, so funny. Certain types of people, she can't, she gets, my, certain types of people come to our house, our dog gets afraid of them, it's so funny. We all have fears, we have fears. And fears play in our minds, don't they? Fears eat away at our confidence, fears diminish us. And what tremendous power we read in our Bibles tonight when we read about David, that he found a key to get beyond it. He found a key to live higher than it. Have you ever thought what your life would be like if you weren't bound by your fears? If you weren't held back by the things that you dread in your life? If you didn't get to opportune moments and freeze? Wow, have you thought about that? If you thought about the potential of your life, if you weren't living with this tremendous sense of foreboding caution that keeps you from doing anything that you really like to do with your life, well, here we find in our text tonight an amazing truth. David said, I sought someone, come on, help me. I sought the Lord. 
He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. One more time. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Abraham had fears. He's our father in the sight of God. He was called by God because of Abraham. We now have faith. Because of Abraham, we now have our new covenant. Because of Abraham, the entire Bible gets busy. If it wasn't for Abraham, I don't know what would be on Genesis chapter 11. Everything from there on is because of this one guy. Called by God, promised that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, alive with the very promise of God in his heart. Yet the Bible tells us in Genesis 15:1 that he's in the middle of the night, alone, dark, probably cold. Have you ever found that about fears? That fears just make you feel like it's dark and it's cold. Your fears are always worse at night. Anybody know what I mean? And here we've got Abraham in the middle of the night and God has to supernaturally turn up in his life. And this is what God said to him. Genesis 15 verse one. Do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. And then Abram, Abram, this guy who time and time again, God kept saying to him, I'm gonna give you descendants. I'm gonna give you descendants. I'm gonna give you descendants. Well, Let's see what Abraham said to God in verse two. Oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. And even though God had called him, even though God's promise to him did come to pass, even though we now call Abraham our spiritual father, even though Isaac is a type of Jesus, we find about our hero in the faith that Abraham had fears. I'm encouraged by that, aren't you? Elijah had fears. Let's check out one 24-hour period in Abraham's life. Okay, one 24-hour period. Just your normal average day for Elijah. The Bible tells us that he confronts the, pro the, prophet, the prophets, the prophets, he confronts the prophets of Baal. They would worship Baal by sacrificing small children in fires. And he confronted them. He said, the God that is the true God, let him answer with fire. Confronted them on the top of a mountain called down supernatural fire from heaven that not only consumed the animal, not only consumed the wood, but the stones. And Ab uh, Elijah had covered that altar with water and it burnt up the water as well. Then, just for dessert, he climbed to the very summit of that mountain and prayed and ended a three-year drought. A three years it had been since a drop of precipitation had come on the land. Yet the prayers of Elijah on the same day ended the drought. Then, just for, I don't know, an after-dinner drink, he ran faster than a chariot all the way back to the city of Jezreel. An amazing, amazing 24-hour period. Yet the Bible says that when he reached that city, a woman by the name of Jezebel said, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I don't make your life like one of those prophets of Baal that you just killed up on top of that mountain. Put the text up on the screen, team, because the Bible says that Elijah was afraid. It's 1 Kings 19.3, and he ran for his life. He was afraid. 
Now, you've got to get this, all right? Let's put it in context. On this same day, he has ended the lives of 450 prophets of Baal, right? He's got it going on. He has called down supernatural fire from heaven. And then as if fire from heaven wasn't enough, he's called down rain from heaven. He's run faster than a chariot. And one woman has a little moan at him and he runs for his life afraid. That shows me that no matter how great you are, no matter how mighty your deeds, no matter how, how significant your potential or, or how tremendous your gifting may be, we all, we all can find place in our life for fears. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Peter had fears. The boldest disciple of Jesus. The one who declared that Jesus was the Son of God. The disciple who cut off an ear in order to stand for Jesus. The disciple who boldly said, even though everyone else denies you, I will never deny you. The disciple who when he saw Jesus walking on the water said, bid that I might come to you. And the Bible says Jesus bid him and he stepped out of a boat and began to walk upon the water. Then the Bible says in Matthew 18, uh, sorry, 14 verse 29, that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. And then in verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord Save me. I mean, here is this cat with all of this faith and all of this belief and all of this revelation about Jesus, yet the Bible tells us that he simply saw the wind. I mean, he simply saw the wind. Little deviation, you can't actually see the wind. <laughs> he was in a place where suddenly his mind got on top of his spirit. He found himself in an environment where his head took over his heart. He found himself in a place where he started looking with his natural eye rather than reaching with a confidence in God. And the Bible tells us that when he saw the wind, he became afraid and he started to sink. And isn't that the same with us? that we can be moving forward with God and then suddenly we begin to see things we were never supposed to see. In fact, did you know with Elijah, the Bible says that Elijah was afraid, but in the original Hebrew, it says about Elijah that Elijah saw. It doesn't say in the original Hebrew that Elijah was afraid. It says he saw. What does that mean? It means your fears are always a picture of what might, could happen to you that is not based on truth from God. The Bible tells us that that's what happened to Peter. He saw the wind. He saw the waves. He saw what could happen. He saw a negative picture. Oh, I don't know. Everything might come tumbling down. Everything might fall over. I might be single for the rest of my life. I might, I might never get the breakthrough. I might never rise in the call of Jesus. Isn't there, aren't there lies, these, these fears that run rampant through our mind? Oh man, you might never get that breakthrough. You might never pass that exam. You might never find yourself loved by others. You might never be able to break free of your postcode. You might never get to pass that test. You might never get to rise above. And it just, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? These lies just start forming in our minds like, like you've already lived your best day and the rest is going to be bland. Like, like somehow the step you've taken is going to be the thing that takes you down rather than takes you up. Fears, they're fears, aren't they? Am I talking to anybody? Does anyone know what I mean tonight? Fears, fears, fears. 
It's important for you and I to realise that God does not want us to be bound by fears. When we start looking at the Bible, we found Gideon was a scaredy cat, that Saul was afraid, that Jeremiah was intimidated by people. Isn't it amazing you could be in the middle of a miracle and still be overcome by fear? Synagogue ruler came to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you come and pray for my daughter? She's sick and she's dying. And the Bible tells us that as they were making their way there, they had to stop because a woman reached out to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment, got a supernatural healing. And as they were waiting in that moment, the Bible says that word came from his house that the girl, his daughter, his daughter had died. And then the Bible says that Jesus looked at the synagogue ruler and he said, do not be afraid. You can be on the way to your miracle and fears can overtake you. You could be walking towards the greatest days of your life and fears can crush you. We all have fears. I, I have a concern for this generation that we don't become an AI generation. Just two words, AI, not artificial intelligence. It's a city. It's a city in the book of Joshua where they took down the walls of Jericho, confronted a major obstacle, and now the nation of Israel believes that they can truly take the promised land. And this is an amazing time in history because this is a generation that believe that they can make a difference. That's a great thing. That's a tremendous thing. But don't think for a second that the, the belief that you can make a difference is enough that'll take you the whole distance. There has to be a grit on the inside of us that even when things don't go the way we want it, that even when we face disappointments, then even when you try for the first time and it doesn't work out the way you want it, that we don't end up like Joshua, who was like, we can take AI with 3,000 warriors. I need a fast track for the message, but read it later. He's like, man, we only need 3,000 soldiers. We're gonna crush the people of this city. Then the Bible says they were defeated. And we've got Joshua moaning like a mummy's boy on the ground saying, we only came into this promised land for us to die. All the nations around us are gonna conspire. They're gonna join together. They're gonna take us on in battle and we will lose. And then everything will come to an obliterating end. He is filled with fear. Listen, we need to deal not with that confidence. That's a good thing. We've got to deal with the, with the little vulnerability in us that when we first face difficulty, when we first find an intimidating opponent, that we don't crumple on the ground, that we don't quickly give up on God. We need a greater revelation of who we are in Jesus. Come on, we need to seek our God until we really believe that He is greater. If you believe He's greater, take three seconds, clap your hands and just praise Him in this place. Come on. He delivered me from all my fears. It is so important for us to know tonight, team, if you're taking notes, this might help you. Write this down. God does not work through fear. So many Christians are so uh, half in, half out with this one. Questioning where God is on this topic. You've got to understand God never works through fear. Why do I say that? Because fear is not a tool of God. Where is that in the Bible? Everywhere. Let me give you one verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
Not the kind of mind that easily gets overcome when you face a little bit of pressure. Not the crazy kind of thoughts that leave you awake at night. Not the kind of spirit that makes you doubt that God loves you when you face an obstacle or a piece of difficulty. God ain't giving you that spirit. God gave you a spirit of confidence in the face of every foe. God gave you a spirit that's gonna make you know you're loved even though people make you feel like you're the worst. God gave you a spirit that'll lift you above every setback, every obstacle and every trial. That's the spirit of my Jesus. Why don't you praise Him in this place tonight? That's the spirit of God. God does not work through fear. Fear is not how He works. Fear is not one of His tools. It's not. Fear cannot be a tool of God because fear is where Satan lives. This is important for us, guys. Fear is not God's weapon because fear is Satan's weapon. Fear, think about fear. Fear is like the dark, right? This is why when you've got children, they have those little nightlights because we don't wanna be surrounded by the darkness because the darker the darkness, the more prone we are to our fears. Well, the Bible never says that our God is darkness. Hello? John chapter one, God is light and darkness has no place in Him at all. You could say God is love and fear has no place in Him at all. God is confidence and doubt has no place in Him at all. God is positive and negative has no place in Him at all. Oh, I'm preaching myself excited. This fear, fear has to do with the evil, doesn't it? Horror movies. By the way, think about it, because the spirit you sit under is the spirit you invite. The spirit you sit under is the spirit that you invite. Now, maybe you have a traumatized past, so you like to watch a horror movie to see someone's life be more horrific than your own. Listen, that might be your past, but it's not your future. The spirit you sit under is the spirit that you invite. We fear failure, but you're never gonna fail with Jesus. We fear judgment, but if you found Jesus, there is no judgment hanging over you. We've got to understand about this, about the devil, that when the devil comes to us, he speaks through fear. Why? Because lying is the devil's native language. I really want to break this down for you. When the devil speaks, he never speaks with truth. Did you hear that? That's why fear is his language, why he speaks through fear, because fear is, his, sorry, lying is his language and fear is what he communicates. It's not true, it's deception. One day Jesus was having a conversation with the Pharisees about who the true children of Abraham were. It got a very uh, argumentative conversation until finally they accused Jesus of being an illegitimate child. And this, then this is what Jesus said in response. John 8 verse 44. He said about the devil, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So whenever God speaks to you, sorry, the devil speaks to you, he never speaks with truth. He deceives our minds. Anybody here ever had a fear and it ended up being nothing? They're all nothing. When the devil speaks, he speaks through lies and that's why fear is his emotion because he comes to us and when he speaks, he tries to elevate a deceptive view. He tries to confuse us with things that aren't real. 
He tries to overwhelm us with things that are not based on truth or the Word of God. He attempts to bring a deception to us. Fear is His emotion. Well, how amazing is it to read Romans chapter 8, verse 15, that we do not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, but we receive the spirit of sonship. And by that spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. We declare about our Jesus and our God that He has not made us a slave again to fear, that we're not gonna listen to the voice of our fears. We're gonna listen to the voice of love that is speaking to us, calling to us, yearning for us, wanting to pull us beyond. We are not to be limited by our fears. When the devil is speaking, fear starts growing. Oh man, I haven't got time, but let me just give it to you real quick. Some symptoms of fear, you can write them down. Doubt, doubt is a symptom that fear is beginning to, it's the, it's the devil speaking, it's the devil speaking. That's why you doubt and then you're afraid. You're doubt, you doubt, oh, I, don't, I, can't, I can't preach it, I wanna preach it. But when, you, when you're full of fear, you're also full of doubt, right? You doubt, you doubt God, you doubt people, you doubt leadership, you, you can't trust, you can't open. Everything is questionable, there's no solid foundation. Fear will erode you because fear will just lead to doubt. Discouragement, discouragement is what happens when that spirit of fear starts to get a hold of you. Uh, when you have low energy, when you feel depressed and everything is just gonna come tumbling down, that's when you can know that spirit is having a crack at you, low enthusiasm. That's that spirit of fear. Here's the next one, wanting to quit. Elijah was afraid, ran for his life. God's like, what the heck are you doing? And he said to God, I've had enough. I wanna end my life. I don't want this anymore. I want out. And when you wanna quit, it could be that a spirit of fear is actually just starting to rule your life. But we aren't gonna give any place to fear. We aren't gonna allow the Spirit to hold us back any longer. We've got access to the God of peace. We've got access to the God of love. We can put our trust and our confidence in Him. Come on, do you believe God can help you? I sought the Lord. What did He do? He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Close your eyes and say it one more time. I sought the Lord, He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We aren't gonna be held back by our fears. We are not gonna be dominated by our fears. We're not gonna be dictated to by our fears. Our God is bigger than every fear. Our God is able to free us, able to empower us. God's got your back. He's better than an economy. He's better than a bully. He is bigger than the universe. Our God God is in control. If you believe it, give that God some praise in this place right now. Come on. I've shared this story a few times, but maybe not from this angle. In my first year of ministry, I wanted to be a preacher so bad. I first thought I was gonna be a preacher when I was four years old. Had another life-changing encounter with God when I was six years old. Desperate, wanted to serve Jesus. Started preaching at the age of 19. When I go into these high school groups and preach, it was not easy. I failed, not once, not twice, but many, many times. Three to five times a week, I was preaching in high school Christian groups around the upper North Island of New Zealand. And nine times out of 10, it was a shocking experience and I walk away feeling very deflated. In August of that year, I gave up preaching. I was afraid that I'd quit my career, started in a whole new, new journey, and that it wasn't gonna go anywhere. It wasn't until New Year's of that year 
that I found myself being led by God to a batch for nine days. While I was at that batch alone, that holiday house alone for nine days, I prayed every day. I sought God every day. I took to that batch only my Bible, my notebook, a pen, and some food to eat. I figured if loneliness was my fast, then food wasn't going to be accompanied with it. That was enough of a fast. But every day, every day, God showed me, me preaching. Every day, God showed me these amazing sermons. Every day, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. And He delivered me from all my fears. And the same God that spoke to me, my friend, can speak to you if we would just choose to seek after Him. I remember starting off in ministry, and six months into the, the, my first year in ministry, I started with five others, and they were all gone. The reason why was because we all ran out of money. And I was so afraid. One night, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to pay my creditors, the people that I owed money to. Everything's going to come tumbling down. I'm going to lose my reputation. I opened up my Bible, and right there was a verse of Scripture that said, Oh, you of little faith. If I can... If I can clothe the the lilies of the field and if I can feed the birds of the air, then I can clothe you and I can feed you. Seek the kingdom of first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be given to you. I sought the Lord, he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Man, I remember when Jillian and I found out we had a leaky home. Arise was what, maybe four years old, five years old. It was already something of significance but I thought I was going to lose it all. I thought the home that we'd bought, our first ever home, was rotting from the inside out, literally. It was everything that we had. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to lose the house. I'm going to be financially insolvent. If I'm financially insolvent, I can't be on the church trust board. If I can't be on the trust board, then maybe I can't be the pastor. And in my mind, I'm not saying this was true. I'm saying my fears were taking me and this I was I saw it the movie was playing out in my mind for two weeks I shook uncontrollably my stomach was just like vibrating you ever had that kind of fear like literally just vibrating like I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't stop it it was just happening I was sleeping two maybe three hours a night but then one night I read a verse of scripture that I'd read that I'd preached a thousand times in the book of Malachi Bring your whole tithe into the, t- into the storehouse and see if there will not be not food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you can't contain it. I read the next verse and it changed my life. I will rebuke the devourer. I'm living in a home where I'd watched a builder take a hammer, a simple hammer, And to a structural wall, he eliminated the structural wall by banging a hammer with his fist. And a whole structural wall just went flying to the side. And I read those words, I will rebuke the devourer. I said to God, I've tithed every day since I became a Christian. Every day, every pay packet I've ever got, I put you first. The seed of faith came alive on the inside of me. And I just wandered around that entire house and I prayed over every wall and I declared, you said that you would rebuke the devourer. Suddenly sleep began to come and I got, I got bigger than the problem and it was like suddenly everything began to change. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the leaky home didn't disappear, but the spirit of fear was broken off my life. 
And you know what? When they finally did, when we finally reclared that entire property, do you know what we discovered? There was not one piece of rot in the rest of that house. Every wall I put my hands on was completely free of rot. There was not a single piece left in the entire property. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll seek God, if you'll seek your Jesus, if you cry out to your God, you're going to discover that He's got power over all of the works of the enemy. You'll tread on snakes and scorpions and nothing will harm you. Your God is greater. Your God is powerful. And we have no reason for fear. We have no reason for fear. We declare over our own lives that fear will not have its way in Jesus' mighty name. I declare over every person in this room that that spirit of fear is breaking over your life, that you will not be held back by your fears. You will not be limited by your fears. There is a call of God on the inside of you. There is a destiny that God has given to you. There's a plan that God has in mind. Listen, this sickness is not unto death. This challenge is not bigger than your Jesus. This obstacle is not the end of you. You will not be rejected. You will be accepted. You will not fail. You will win. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place tonight. Oh, come on, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet with me. Let me give you, I'm out of time, but I got to give you these. I've literally just started this message, but I want to throw these out. I want to give you three fear framing questions. Are you ready for them tonight? You got them on the screen. Here they go. Number one, we're going to stop thinking about what could go wrong. And we're going to start thinking what could go right. We're going to break that spirit of fear that makes us look at everything and go, oh, what could go wrong? We're going to stop looking at it because you know what? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is on your side. And if God is on your side, It's not about what could go wrong. If God's on your side, it's about what could go right. Come on, praise Him if you believe that in this place tonight. Oh, there's a story in the Bible where you've got a a father and a son. Saul is the king, Jonathan is the son. Saul is buried in his tent. He is intimidated and afraid because a big Philistine army is camped out there. And he's like, oh, the big bad Philistine army. And he's intimidated and afraid. He's got his, all his army, but he's afraid. He's got a whole big army, but he's dominated by his fears. Yet the Bible tells us that without an army, just a one buddy, an armor bearer, was his son by the name of Jonathan. Saul is buried in the tent thinking what could go wrong. But read this passage tonight where Jonathan just goes to his armor bearer and he says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 14, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. What could go right? Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And that day, two people defeated a whole army. How about we break that spirit of fear and let's find out Let's find out what your God can do. Come on, if you believe it, give Him some praise. All right, all right, all right. Here's our second question. We're going to stop asking, what if I fail? We're going to start asking, what if I succeed? 
When Goliath intimidated the whole armies of Israel for 40 days, every fighting man ran in fear. Yet a shepherd boy, that means he was still in high school, 17 years old or younger. If he was over the age of 18, he would have been a soldier in the army. 17 years old or younger. And this is what David said. He said, what will be done for the man that takes that giant down? Rather than thinking, what if I fail? He's like, what will happen for me if I succeed? I'm not looking at what could go wrong. I'm looking at what could go right. I'm not looking if I fail. I'm looking, what do I get if I win? Oh, you get the king's daughter and you don't have to pay any taxes. You get a babe of a wife and a tax-free life. And he said, I want the babe free. I want the babe for my wife and the tax-free life. Some man shout amen out there tonight. Here's my third one for you. (laughs) The babe for a wife and a tax-free life. That'll preach right there. That'll, that's my goal. Amen. I got the babe for a wife. I'm very blessed. Number three. We're going to stop thinking about what if God is against me. That spirit of fear is going to make you think that something in your past is holding over you. Oh, it torments people in this room. I sinned in this area, so therefore I'm not going to be blessed by God. Oh, God's angry with me, and that's why this is going wrong in my life. No, 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 no. God is not angry with you. God is in love with you. God is not judging you. God is wanting to bless and empower you. Oh, 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear because it has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We're going to stop thinking, what if God is against me? And we've got to start thinking, what if God is for me? How big could your life get if God was on your side? Ten spies said, oh, it's all going to come tumbling down. And two spies, I need to make this so short. They said, you know what? We're going to swallow them up. Their protection is gone. And God is with us. God is with us. If you believe that God is on your side, I want you to fill this room with praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, Jesus is on your side. We say no to fear because Jesus is on our side. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.